Welcome on in. It's your boy KV coming at you from my Saints and Sinners studio right here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I'm welcoming you to another episode of the Ken Valdez Approach. Wow, do we got a show for you this week. Unbelievable. My guest is Ronnie Baker Brooks. Ronnie Baker Brooks is a very celebrated blues man who came from quite the legacy. His father, Lonnie Brooks, is a legend and icon in the blues world. Lonnie Brooks paved the way for so many other artists, cats like Stevie Ray Vaughan, just to name one, to show you how influential that guy is. And then his own son to be carrying that torch and blazing his own trail. Man, he is a class act and a ferocious talent. Unbelievable. We're talking about the state of the blues. We're talking about so many things growing up in a household where his father is a legend. Man, there's so much that we touched on. I think that you're going to really enjoy this conversation. I certainly did. And, of course, there's a whole lot of music. So let's just go ahead and get on into it, shall we? But before we do, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. Please go check out our brand-new Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash kvapproach. There you're going to find some exclusive content, and uh, we're getting some new merchandise coming in real soon. And guess what? You pick your own price as far as being a patron there on the Patreon page. Usually there's tiers, and whoever pays this much money gets this tier, and this much money gets that tier, whatever. I don't believe in that. You guys pick your own price, and the content and the merchandise is there for you. So go visit us at patreon.com slash kvapproach. That's patreon.com slash kvapproach. Now, let's get into this podcast with my guest, Ronnie Baker Brooks. But of course, I'm starting things off with a song I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Again tonight 
such a long, long time now. <laughs> oh, I, I ain't the same now. I've been lost. I've been confused. I can't get close to you. Oh, no. All I know is all I know is I'm alone again tonight. All I know time man trying to hang in there man you know? i feel you i feel you yeah. you're you're out in chicago yeah yeah it's cold yeah i know it's cold up there in minneapolis dude <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> here right now how cold yeah. is it over there man uh last i checked it was like uh seven degrees but like uh like four blows windshield factor something like that I'll, that's that's called springtime here bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah man, it is it is frigid out man it is it's like 11 below or something like that. it's oh. something stupid man yeah, I, yeah. no man I, you know I, I i tell people this all the time man on this show and anywhere i go it's like my last name ends with an e and a z i'm from santa fe new mexico this shit don't work for me man <laughs> <laughs> this cold does not work at all bro you know oh. kid when I was younger, man, it didn't bother me as much. You right. Because I used to have fun with it, and you know, in the snow, making snowmen, making snow angels and all that. Now I've gotten older, and I got to do the shoveling. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I come up here, man, and again, from New Mexico, so I don't even know this kind of technology exists. Right, I right. I come out here, and I'm introduced to snowblowers. Yeah. It's like, what is that? Yeah. That's for real? Yeah. And we Oh wow, man. Okay. You know. So shoveling is a drag too, man, but I'll tell you what, snow blowing as much as it sucks, it, I, I'll take that over over shoveling any day of the week, man. 
Yeah, I, I got a snowblower and it just went out on me, man. And you know, oh. when, when it's cold <laughs> like it, like it is here now, everybody snowblowers in the shop. So you backed up. Yes. Yes. It's, it's back, man. So I just end up shoveling it, man. And uh, hopefully uh, it'll be over soon and uh, I get my, my blower fixed and be ready for next year. Indeed, man. Indeed. Speaking about being ready for next year, I mean, how's it going with the, the whole pandemic thing, man? Quarantining and, and how are you handling all that? Ken, it's been really, really crazy, man. I've, I've been talking to a lot of people that's much older than me and asking them about, you know, have they ever seen anything like this before? And it's like, no, no, never. And, you know, it's just adjusting to being home, trying to stay safe, going, you know, going out with the mask and washing your hands and, and uh, you know, staying away from folks when you do go out and, and uh, you miss your, your family. Like, you know, my mom, she's, she lives uh, at her home and I have to be careful when I go see her, man. And um, it's just been difficult, but, but um, it do, it did give me a chance to write songs. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I, I started a Facebook live show every Friday at 8 PM and uh, central time. And that helped me tremendously, Ken, because at first I wasn't doing anything like the first week or so. Uh-huh. I was bouncing off the walls, man. And my wife was like, you should just go live. And I didn't I didn't want to do it at first. And, and then I did it, man. It just made me feel so much better. It really it's did. An, it's an interesting thing, man, because I kind of did the same thing. And I started, I started this. And what this kind of allowed me to do was connect with 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 my people man with you know cats like you and and jelly bean and all all, yeah. all of my all my favorite music people man and and so it's been nice to catch up with friends like that but it's also been a real blessing too to be able to to reconnect with friends and fans man and 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 play and you know feel like i'm doing at least something instead of just you know sitting right. at home doing nothing at all you know right right yeah, yeah. so I think I truly believe, man, I, you know, we lost a lot of people, a lot of people during this time, man. And it's been really yeah. like emotional roller coaster. I lost yes. a COVID-19 and um, we couldn't even go to his, his, uh, his uh, funeral. And, right. Uh, but I, I truly believe that something really, really good is going to come out of this, you know, and I think it's for us, for us as musicians, it really going to help us later because we had time to work on our craft and, and write songs or, you know, practice or, you know, whatever and, and get better. So you, you miss that energy from the people, you know, live. And when That's you get a very that, real thing too, isn't it? Yeah. When you get that energy, when you come back, it's going to be like really, really great. And I think something really good is going to come from it, man. That's the blues, so, man. man. Yeah, that's the blue. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you you gotta, I, that's amazing, man. Because I mean, you have such a, a storied history, you know, coming from from blues royalty, and then you, you know, not only carrying on the tradition, but I mean, really paving your own way, opening doors, you know, on your own too, to 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 new audiences and people who haven't really been exposed to, you know, to your father even, you know, Lonnie Brooks legend icon in the blues you know yeah. and it's like and here you are man doing your thing you know playing around so we're going to be talking obviously about uh big head todd and the monsters todd park Moore, and the stuff that you got going on with him and how that has uh opened doors for you to to you know to a different kind of crowd yeah. but i mean you 
you have your own thing, your own identity, your own sound. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Like, what is the Ronnie Baker Brooks sound? Well, thank you, first of all, for the kind words, man. Yeah, man. You know, we all know all of us. The great Eddie, the Chief Clearwater told me, none of us is greater than all of us. We all in this together, man, and, and we all trying to keep the music alive, and, and uh, including yourself and, and all the people you mentioned, Jelly Bean and, and, and Big Head Todd and the Monsters and, and amongst a lot of other people. Uh, I, I've been fortunate to have Lonnie Brooks as my father. Uh, he was my father, my best friend, my mentor, my boss. And from the beginning, when I decided to go on the road with him, he taught me from the ground up, man, from the business side, that he, what he knew, and the musical side from what he knew. And, and then having that platform, it allowed me to see Others, you know, like Buddy Guy, you know, whomever, BB uh, King, and uh, all the greats, Albert Collins, you know, Albert King, and and I got to rub shoulders with them and, and pick their brains, and uh, um, I, I when when I was doing it as a younger kid, I didn't realize what it, what was happening, cause see times like now, like what we're going through now, man, it makes you like understand that this was very very special and and yes. uh that they no longer here and um i always wanted to be a link in the chain man like they were to me if i could be just a link in that chain like they did for me i'm good man because now hopefully i can inspire someone that's coming up and they're probably not even born yet but as far as my sound man my father my father uh started that when I was a kid, man, playing around, he really pushed me and my brother Wayne to write our own material, man. And I think that helped help me, As although I feel like I'm still trying to develop my own sound, you know what I mean? Because sure. you're always cooking, you know, you're always trying to get better and adding another spice or, you know, taking something out or whatever. And uh, that kind of gave me the, the uh, platform to develop that by writing my own material. And then also taking away what I've seen from all the greats that I was around and, and a lot of great musicians here in Chicago, Minneapolis. You know, my brother Bernard Allison up there. Um, we grew up together, man. He, you know, his father was uh, Luther Allison and um, the great Luther Allison. And uh, I remember going to Bernard's house, man. We were teenagers, man, dreaming about doing this one day. You know, and uh, so what I did, man, is just take a little pieces of everything. My father was my coach. He said, no, you can't do that. You got to go to the root of it, <laughs> you know, because I went through a thing, man. When, when Stevie Ray Vaughan came out, man. Right. Yeah, I, I went through a thing, Ken. I was like Stevie Ray Vaughan crazy, man. Like a, month, a, a lot of us, man. I mean, yeah. he was so uh, impactful, man. You know, he, he was a young dude. He, he had a flash. He had the, the, the soul, the speed. He had all of it, the, the uh, confidence, and he he had this this uh, this this thing about him, man. That just you gravitated to him, you know. And you could feel his soul, you know. Right. And um, my father was getting on me, like, wait a minute, now that's great. You like Stevie? Stevie, my friend, but you got to go beyond that, dig deeper. Where did Stevie get it from? Yeah. Where did where did they get it from? Go as far as you can back and take every little thing that you feel. And when you 
you know, try to deliver it, you make it you. Man, you make it you. That's awesome. And to so have somebody like your dad, you know, give you those lessons, right? Yeah. That's that's amazing. Cause my first yeah. song, man, it was on. Uh, I had to been, I had to been about uh, about seven or eight years old. Right. Six, seven, eight years old, and I asked my dad for some money to buy some candy. He said, "Write me a song." <laughs> <laughs> so I started writing the song. I want some candy, man. Yeah. And he gave me that money to write. You know, I wrote the song. We got that candy. I said, "Man, I want some more." Write me another one. There we go. Oh man! Now yeah, so you're, giving, yes. you're giving me ideas with my own kid up there. Let's see what yeah. happens. He's only two, but he's starting to sing, man, and it's great. But I mean, it's but it's so cool because, like you said, you're wanting to be a link in that chain. And so, listening to you, I'm doing what you were wanting people to do, and go back and listen and try and dig deeper. Where did you get that from? Right, you know? right. So your daddy did that's something very, I have very a, powerful. That's why I have a lot of admiration for you, you, and amongst a, a lot of others. I, I understood and understand that they didn't have the background that I have, but they have that passion, the same passion, and that's what makes us equal because we have the, the love for the music, man. And, and I have a, re, a, a tremendous respect for that, you know. It. And then knowing my background, like wow, I know this is not um, an everyday thing, right? And give, I have to give love to people like you and others that, that oh, don't have man. that kind of background, man. And, and Because that's the one thing, man, that's how powerful music music is, you know, the power of music. If you have that passion, you feel it in, immediately. Absolutely. From another artist, you feel it. Absolutely. And I think it's one of those things that's kind of like out in the universe in a sense, man. And I'll, I'll explain that a little bit later after this tune. Do you mind playing a tune for us, man? Sure, man. One of the last times that I saw you guys play, it was you and your brother. And your daddy out at a at a uh, bayfront. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, and I'll tell you, dude, that that was one of the most powerful things I think I've ever seen on stage in my life. Thank you, man. Yeah, it was. was I was oh. so and, uh, blessed, man, to be able to, to share the stage with my my brother and my dad. You know, that that during that time, I was during the tail end of my dad's career. Uh huh. Not too long after that, he passed away. Yes. And uh, I think about those days now, man, how um, lucky I was to have those days because uh, I, I had branched off to do my own thing. And, and uh, I always thought we were going to stay together, you know, right. as a family band. And my father was like, yeah, but you got to go out there and do your own thing. When, when I did Gold Digger with Jelly Bean, mm -hmm. I um, brought the, the, the CD home. And to let my dad listen to it, and we were down in the basement. Like I'm, I'm now, I'm in the Brooks Blues basement, my home. You know, this is where I do my Facebook Live show, <laughs> and uh, it kind of inspired from being at my father's house in his basement and listening to uh, music and stuff like that. But this particular time, we was listening to the record after me and Bean got through with it, man. And uh, my dad was just listening; he didn't say nothing, just listening. And, and I got to admit, Jelly Bean was like kind of nervous because. Jellybean comes from the R&B thing. Yes. And, but he has a huge uh, uh, vocabulary in music, man. He, he, I mean, he can, he, he can play anything. He can play rock, blues, funk, you know. And uh, he was kind of nervous because he wanted Dad to like the music that we were doing. But it was a little different than what Dad was doing. It was, you know, more rocked up, more, you know, heavy on the guitar a little bit. Uh-huh. 
And uh, man, I took it down in the basement. We listened to it. We got some listening for it. He wasn't saying nothing, just listening. Just listening. And finally, he said, during at the last song, he said, Look, son, it's time for you to go on your own. I was like, No, nah, Pops. He said, No, nah, man. I want them to know you as a solo artist. I don't want them to know you just playing with me. You know, you got to let them know that you you got, you know, this great record. You got to go out there and support it. And I, I cried, Ken. I was in tears, man. I'm like, no, man. He said, look, if it don't work, you can come back. Wow, man. When he wow. said that, boy, I stuck my chest out. Yes, sir. And, and uh, I went on and started my solo career, man. And I thought that was, you know, that might have been it. And then it came a window open for us to go out together, all three of us, because my brother started doing his own thing. Yes. And so we all kind of came back together, man. And, and during that time at the, at the Bayfront, uh, we started the Brooks Blues Family Dynasty. Yes. Brooks Family Blues Dynasty, and uh, which was given to us by Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing right there, too. And, man, man I cherish those days now, man, because... Uh, It'll never happen again like that. Uh, so, um, yeah, man, I, I I really appreciate having that opportunity. And uh, I'm going to play a song because I talk all day, King. <laughs> no, man. Well, you know I love this, man. So let's see what, what, what Daddy showed you, man. Ronnie Baker Brooks, my friends. Check this out. Here's a tune inspired by my dad. Brand new man. My dad used to play with Jimmy Reed, the great Jimmy Reed. And he told me many stories about their time on the road in the studio. And I wrote a song about one of the stories he told me. I love Jimmy Reed, man. Like this. Well, I know you don't love me the way that I like you. Well, I know you don't love me the way that I like you. I'm gonna stick with you, baby, for the day you say.
So before you did that tune, you you uh, you were talking about Gold Digger. Yeah. And, man, back in the day, I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I was playing with a dude named Eric George. Great guy, man. Yeah. Great, great songwriter. Yeah. Me and Eric used to play Gold Digger all the time up at this little this little bar called El Farol in Santa Fe, man. I did and not play kid all these yeah, years, man. All these years, we used to do Gold Digger, man, because, like, I mean, it was just, it, it's super funky, and I loved it, man. And, like, you know, so I've been I've been listening to you for for a while, bro. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's just, it, it, again, it was one of those things where, you know, you start, you, you find somebody new but has that lineage that you do. And you start hearing, you know, where you're taking the blues because, I mean, you yeah. came up in this. You right. came up in this. And again, you're paving your own way. You're doing your own thing. What is it that you're doing? What are you know? I'm listening to all that. And when I heard Gold Digger, I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then come to find out, you know, come to find out a little later, Jellybean's all over that. And Jellybean, as you know, my evil twin. Yeah, man, my evil twin. He's one of my favorite people just ever, you know. Yeah. And uh, to know that he was all over that record, you know, producing yeah. and everything else, man. It's amazing how small this world kind of became, you know, for me as a guy from, from Santa Fe just playing a guitar. And here I am talking to you. Here I am knowing Jellybean here, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to see, you know, how this genre has moved forward, right, in, in such a very, very cool way. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm going. I'm kind of leading a little bit here. I'm listening to you and you're 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 doing your thing, man. And it's mm -hmm. a it's a beautiful thing. But now, you know, fast forward like, you know, God, 15 years or whatever. 
since I was doing Gold Digger in, in, in that bar, man, I'm starting to see like a lot of younger guys come up. And I'm starting to see a lot of people like saying, well, that's not real blues or that's not, you know, and I'm sure that was like that even with Stevie and everything like that. But it seems to be a lot more prevalent these days and especially with all the race stuff going on and everything else, where do you stand with that? And what do you, you know, where do you, what is the blues these days? Is it all right for a young white guy to be playing the blues? Is it all right? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just so much, uh, I don't know, man. There's there's a whole lot of gray area going on right now, yeah. and it's just kind of confusing. And, it, and it's sad because it, this is music. It's supposed to make everybody feel good. Music has no color. Music has no color. It's a feeling. And we all feel feelings. We all have emotions. And the blues is the the belly of the emotions, uh, especially like uh, if you're feeling bad or even if you're feeling happy, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's a soul. It's a, a feeling. And, and everybody has it. Now, every some people deliver it different. Mm -hmm. I can't deliver it like my dad. I can't deliver it like Muddy Waters. You know? I feel it. In my bones, I feel what they did. You know, I, I felt what Stevie did, Johnny Winter. Right. Clapton. Uh, uh, yes, I think everybody can play it. But it's just how you deliver it. And, and the key the key thing is being able to connect with people. You get in that vein of that soul of it, man. And, and people feel that emotion. That's, that's, that's when it becomes anybody can do it. Right. You know, but yes, it started from the black culture. It started from the slavery, you know, people being mistreated, black people being mistreated. And um, it was a way to get the blues out of them, you know, to get that, that hurt and all of that out of them. And it developed into an American, American music, man. I mean, it's the, it's the, it's everywhere. And not just in uh, America, all over. And, and uh, I feel like everybody that got a, a true feeling for the music should play it. Sure. No matter what color they are. I feel like, yeah, it should be more blacks playing it. <laughs> why do you think, why do you think that they're not? Well, they've been through it. That's, see, okay. They've yes. been through it. And it's like, uh, like when I, man, I'm going to tell you this. When I was younger, I just embraced it immediately because that's, you know, I, I heard it around the house. I right. heard like Hopkins and Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf, man. I, it just grabbed me and I wanted to play it. And I got teased because I wanted to play it. My friends was uh, in the sports. They were into, if they were into music, they was into Rick James, Prince, um, you know, uh, the Ohio players, you know, R&B stuff. They weren't listening to no blues mm -hmm. at all. That's what blew my mind when I found out Bean, Jelly Bean, had this huge blues record collection. I was like, right. oh, because I yeah. wasn't expecting that. You know, I really wasn't. And, um, but uh, I got teased for listening to it, man. And um, as my friends got older with me and saw that I was serious about it, they checked me out be like, man, I dig this. They feel it, the truth in it, but it was something that they probably heard their grandmama or their grandfather, their parents play. And it was like, ah, I don't want to hear that no more. I don't want right. to hit, man. I want to hear some new some new music, man. So a lot of them ran away from it. And and another thing too, Ken. Another, it's a lot of stuff in here. A lot of stuff in this question, and it's hard to give you one answer. But sure. uh, 
Another thing, if you de dedicate your life to playing the blues, you ain't going to get rich quick. A lot of black people want to get out the ghetto now. That's why they came up with another music, hip-hop, rap. They come up with something new because they want to get out of this oppression now. I want, I want my, my flowers now. Right. Instead of, you know, with the blues, it's, it's, you got to love it, man. I, I got a song called Stuck on Stupid. And I've been stuck on stupid with the blues all my life because I decided. <laughs> but uh, I got questioned when I was younger, man, about uh, you want to play the blues or that ain't the blues and um, all of that. And, and my thing to the, all the young guys that's coming up, man, if you feel it, play it. Because, see, you might come up with something that nobody – did before. Right. You know, that's how we got the Albert Collins. That's how we got the uh, Gate Mouth Browns and BB King because they were doing something that no one else done and they loved it. So sure. if you love it, it's like a marriage. You got to stick through it. And um, as far as I, I think all people should listen to it, man. Uh, we get a huge, deeper appreciation in Europe when we go over there. Right. Because, uh, I guess they, they know that they probably won't see it or they don't get it like that every day over there like 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 we do here. And it's a it's a, a bigger appreciation. Uh but maybe during this this time now that we got the COVID crisis, I call it, um people get a, a more appreciation of the blues and, and and understand that uh we all go through something and it's a way to release it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, here's the other thing. There's you know, and I'm just kind of, you know, spending time when I get a chance to, you know, check out the message boards, check out, you know, Facebook, check out, you know, yeah. what people are saying. And I guess one of the things that, that a lot of people are kind of looking at, and it makes me wonder a little bit, and, and I can understand where they're coming from really? to a point. But a lot of these people that I'm seeing that are having issues with with the blues and who's playing the blues and what the blues is are kind of looking at it like, you know, the blues became rock. It became rock. Lots of guitars, lots of, you know, you know, white guys playing guitars and, and right. stuff like that. You know, it, it became more rocked up and, and, and right. whatnot. And it's not true blues. Is that true blues? That's a tough question because it may be true to that artist that's playing it. Um, if, if, if the artist that's playing it, call it in that, that's their blues. You know, uh, it's hard to, to label it blues because, I mean, like I said, it's, it's an emotion and everybody feels, you know, different. I mean, their their pain is different, mm -hmm. you know, but it originated from the black culture. And um, now, if you want to say that, that's, that's different. You know, that's a whole different subject. But I think uh, it's up to the artist to understand what they are a plan and have a responsibility to know where it came from and understand that uh, they're part of the link in the chain. <laughs> you know what I mean? And your link may be different than my link, but we all putting this work in for this music. Um, and another thing, black folks probably don't listen to the blues as much as anymore, like I said earlier, because they've been through a lot and they don't want to hear it anymore. And white people are feeling the blues. And my crowd is predominantly white. And I love all people. I love all people. 
And I said this to many of my friends. Of course, when you see someone that looks like you, you're going to immediately gravitate to them because you have an immediate relations, relationship or, or, or some comment. Sure. He looks like me. So if you see a young white kid up there playing and it's a white audience, of course they're going to relate to him quicker because there's some kind of connection. Um, and they'll support that because it's something within them they feel. So it's a double-edged sword, man. It's, it's tough because I think all people should support it. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be divided. It should be all people. And that's what I try to do when I play. It's touch I love everything. that, man. From, from the kids to the, the, the elders, black, white, no matter what color you are, no matter what sex you are. Sure. I try to touch all people because that's the one thing we have in common is emotions and, and a, a feeling. And I try to portray that in my music. Man, I love that. I love that answer. And that was so well put. So thank you for that, man, for sure. Let's talk about uh, some new stuff. Yeah, man. <laughs> Let's talk about some new, uh, some of the new stuff, man. We were talking a little bit about Big Head, Todd, and the Monsters and reaching yeah. new crowds. Right. Now, you were out with them, and for those that don't know, I am, I am a ridiculous fan of that band. Like, for many, many years, I, I'll never forget where I heard them first and what did it for me, man, and, you know, getting to know those guys throughout the years and, and, and playing with them. And, you know, Jeremy Lawton was just on my... my my Christmas single, man. And like, that was awesome too. And I love those guys. They're great guys. Me too. And they're, they're a rock they band. And Todd has such a deep, deep connection to the blues. And to, and to see how he, you know, I remember having this conversation with him. This was on new year's. Gosh, man, maybe about nine years, eight or nine years ago. And he, mm -hmm. this is when you were starting to work with them. And he was so, he was so up on you, man. He was so like, he was so pumped. And he's like, man, I love it. And, and, you know, like I, I, I connect with it. And, you know, it was just a cool conversation to hear him, somebody that I've, I've admired for so long. And a guy that I look at as predominantly a songwriter, you know, I mean, he's a singer songwriter, right? They did uh, uh platinum with, with sister sweetly, which is a right. rock record. Right. And here he is, man, after the whole, um, oh, what was it, man? The uh, the Robert Johnson record that they did, right? Mm -hmm. But here he is, man, with you. Yeah. Another guy that I'm like, yes, this <laughs> makes sense, man. Yeah. What did, it, what did that do for you? What did that do for you as far as, like, the crowds and how people received your music and what it did for the blues and, and the, the whole thing, man? And your connection with Todd, how, how did that work out and, and what's going on there? First of all, I got to give them a, a lot of love. Uh, I have a lot of tremendous admiration and respect for them because they they, they did do their homework. Todd does his homework. Todd knows. He, yeah. he researches, and um, he put the work in. He did, and he does. Yes. And for him to, um, you know, allow me to, to um, be showcased on their platform is a huge blessing. I love them. They're my brothers. I met them back in, I want to say, 90, the early, mid-90s. They had just blew up, man. Just blew up. And, of course, they knew about my dad. Of but course. we didn't know about them. We didn't know about them. And um, we did a show together here at the Aragon Ballroom. 
on Halloween night. I never forget it. It was on Halloween night when we playing with Big Head Todd and the Monsters, and it's a Aragon Ballroom is a rock. This is a rock room here in Chicago, man. If some everybody played there, man. Right. And you know they had the we had the place packed, man. We did our show, and uh, they invited me on the bus with them. And I had I, I'm you know this young guy. We all around the same age, you know. Um, I'm this young guy, man. I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with my career. You know, start my career. You know, writing songs because my father was only about writing songs, and uh, I had put the record together, Gold Digger, and and um, with Jelly Bean. And, and uh, I was talking to Todd and Brian and, and, and Rob on the bus. He's like, man, because I was like, man, I, I can't get a record deal. Nobody at that time, Ken, at that time, wasn't nobody signing no young kids to play no blues, man, that I know of. They wasn't signing us like then, back then. They signing them now. But nobody was getting record deals back then like that at a young age. And then you had to go through all these other great artists that didn't get a record deal, too. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't get one if they didn't get one. So uh, I was talking to Todd now, man. He was like, man, you don't need no record deal, man. Start your own label, man. Get your mailing list, man. And and get, you know, keep feeding them the content. I was like, oh, I can't. He said, yeah, man, we doing, we sending our stuff out to people, man. And we doing it ourselves. We making our own T-shirts. They, they was ahead of the game back then. Man. Yeah, I was Before, just going to say that. Those guys were like, they... It's funny because I look at them and Prince as, and I mean, you know, you're talking like Prince, who's legendary, yeah. I, iconic, like he's a celebrity to celebrities, right? right. He's that right. guy. Right. He changes the game right. on so many levels with, with the business. Right. But then I look at, at Todd and the guys, and they're doing kind of the same thing their own way, but they're so far ahead of the curve, man, that it's just it like... Works. Yeah, like Todd just has that um, that ability to to kind of see where the trend is going or what's happening in the, in the biz. They all do, Ken. They all got they all got huge roles, huge roles in that band, man. I, I got to know it being in there because I, I traveled, did several tours with them. Yes, yes. They all got roles in that band to make that machine work, man. It's like a well-oiled machine, and and. Uh, Todd is the front man, of course, but Brian and Rob, all of them got huge responsibilities in that band, and, and they all look at each other equally. It's amazing that they have been together this long, man. Yes. Amazing. Yes. So they were telling me about starting my own label back then. Now, at that time, when nobody starting their own label on, in my generation. Right. And I thought about it, man, because I had my regular gigs that I was doing, and I, I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. I couldn't get a record deal. We put out Gold Digger, and it enabled me to put out the next record. So they helped me. They helped me uh, get that going, man. From back in the early '90s. So fast forward, I was doing this function here in Chicago. A friend of mine, a mutual friend of me and Todd, Chris Stewart, put us together, and he was doing a fundraiser at this school. And I see Todd, man. I hadn't seen Todd in a long time, man. I mean, this this had to be been 2009, 2008, something like that. Sure. Yeah. It was a while ago. And I said, hey, man, I ain't seen you in a while, man. Said, hey, Ronnie, we start chopping it up, right? He said, man, I'm living here in Chicago now. I'm like, what? All this time you in Chicago and I'm here, we ain't hooked up? He said, yeah, man, come on by the house. I went by the house, man, we start writing songs together. And then we started writing. He said, man, won't you come on the road with me, man? 
was like, you serious? Yeah. And man, I came out on the road with them. They embraced me. Like I was another member of the band. Man. And it's a huge admiration and respect over there for me, man. I love them guys. Um, we just finished uh, recording an all-acoustic album. Todd co-produced it with me, and, and Jeremy's helping me. He's engineering it. And, and man, uh, I always say, you learn about people doing adversity. You know, you can you, adversity builds character, but it also reveals character. <laughs> and they stepped up for me because, uh, of course, I'm not working. I'm not working, and they're not working. But they have these resources, and they allow me to do this record. And, man, I, I had a ball doing it. It's, it's like a huge relief of letting this out. You know what I mean? It's just me and the guitar. And um, those guys are great, man. And I, uh, I, I'm i honored to call them my, my brothers. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, man. How did how did being on the road with those guys like and, and their crowds take to, to what you were doing? I, I just I, I try to just be me. Uh, I, I never tried to adjust to that. To that, I just tried to be me, and, and I, I give credit to Todd because you know Todd makes the set list, right? And uh, he's like, "Hey man, just do whatever you want to do. Do your thing, okay? You know, let's do that. You know, instead of let's force this in there and put that in there. No, do you, man? Do you? And and uh, so I, I kind of and they embrace me. It's the crowd kind of embrace me, man. And uh, I just still do what I do. I never think, I try not to think about attacking a, a certain art, art, artist, I mean, uh, audience. Sure. I, uh, I just play the music that I feel. Um, and, and when I was younger, I, I tried to think about that a little bit. And I was like, nah, I better stick to what I know, you know, because you get lost that way, you know, trying to, you know, play to a certain art audience. So I just try to play what I feel and, and um, you know, Hopefully they catch on, and and, uh, and if I see something that's that's they're reacting to, that inspires me to do something else. Absolutely, man. Well, I, I caught a few of those shows, man, and it it, it worked. Yeah. And again, it, it's that inspirational thing, man, because I, I I love what you do, and I'm so um, drawn to a lot of the blues and you know the heavy funk stuff and the and the you know I love what you do. And I also love what Todd does. So it's like to see how that worked so well and how it uh, complemented each other. Man, you know, I that was fantastic, man. I, I I didn't realize it until we I got in there and started touring with them, how much in common we were. Oh, yeah. The love of music, man. Me and Todd were still on the back of the bus playing all kind of music, man. And Todd was into that deep, deep blue, man. Somehow. Yes, man. Yes. I like Oh, Todd, you know, and man, we sit back there, man, playing music all night, man. I said, and I used to get on Brian and Rob and nerves because <laughs> I'm back there playing the music, and they back there sleeping. It's like, damn, but then I said, man, I hope I'm not mess, mess with your rest. Oh, man, we love this, man. This is great. So, That's yeah, awesome. they, they they into everything, man. They got a huge catalog of what they do, too. It's, you know, they love the blues, they love jazz, they love rock, uh, they love funk, they love some James Brown, man. Oh man! You know, oh yeah. man! I I love those guys, man. It's it's just killer to see that you're doing that, and to I, I'm looking forward to that record for sure, man. Yeah, man. I, I mean, think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be something. I had fun doing it, man, and uh, I, it, it got inspired. This that session got inspired by doing Facebook Live every Friday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Yes. I didn't never can I never thought I would do an acoustic record, man. I did acoustic songs. Like uh -huh. on the whole dig, I did see you. I'll see you again. 
I did an acoustic song with my dad. Uh, I laughed to keep from crying on "Take Me With You." I did a, uh, I did, uh, did I do, a, I did do acoustic on uh, "Gold Digger." No, I didn't. I mean, uh, "The Torch," but I did write an acoustic song that ended up on "Times Has Change" album with Steve Jordan. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I never thought about doing a whole album like that. And uh, I was sitting around thinking, like, man, my fans are saying you should do a record like this. You should do a record like this. And I was talking to my wife, Sandy, and she said, yeah. I said, man, I should just go and try to record one. And she said, you know what? You should call Todd. I was like, yeah. yeah. And I called him, man, on FaceTime. He said, yes, immediately. He's like, yes, let's do it. So it's that's how the ball started, man, and I'm, I'm having fun doing it. Good, man. And you got a new single out, too, with Todd. That I yeah. On the, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell us about that real quick, man. We, that's one of the first songs we wrote together, man. Uh, All True Man. Um, I went to his house when he was living here. And uh, it was weird, man, because we have different things, but it's a lot of things that's some similarity, sim- sim- similarities we have. Uh-huh. And uh, that, that kind of showed because uh, I, I come from like a, a, a funky blues, Al Green vibe. And, and, and then Todd came from like a more rock vibe. And, and it was like the chemistry worked immediately i love it man you know as soon as we started writing it and um it became you know one of the fan favorites when i played it live with my band As a matter of fact i played it with them when i went out on tour with them and then i just stopped playing an acoustic man and i was out there and he was like man let's 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 cut it acoustic we never did an acoustic right we always played it with the band and sure sure <laughs> we wrote we wrote a several songs. We wrote that one. We wrote uh, "Doing Too Much." We ended up on uh, "Times of Change" record. Um, I ended up playing on a couple of their records, and uh, yeah, man, I just been for them. My brothers, man, you know. Everybody, this is Ronnie Baker Brooks. I am so so thrilled to have him on the show. Oh my goodness, where do I where do I even go with all that? Let's see here.
There we go. There we go. A little on, on the line. Let me get back to Ronnie Baker Brooks. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, my brother. It sounded yeah, good, man. man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. That's an original? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Like I said, man, it's... It's so funny how you get influenced by, by by certain things and certain people, and you know, like that one was absolutely inspired by you. Like I said, man, we we used to like we used to jam that Gold Digger record like it was going out of style, bro. Like we <laughs> would play that all the time. How's it doing, man? Eric George, man. I haven't heard from him in a grip, man. Um, last I heard, he's doing great. Uh, he's still in Nashville. I think so okay i don't know man but like i i love that guy man yeah he's good cool. good dude good yeah. dude yeah we used to Tell hang out about... what's that what's that now no, back in the day we used to hang out when i come down to nashville you know oh man yeah he's he's a good he's a good guy man yeah and that guy could write a song too yeah man yeah, yeah. i love that man yes yeah. i gotta i gotta reach out to him and hopefully uh he'll catch this you know yeah man who are your influences aside from aside from your daddy? Because like that's a that's a big one, man. Because your daddy taught you a lot, like you said. Yeah, he did. But, you know, who do you who do you uh, feel inspired by? Oh man, I, uh, Muddy Waters. I love some Muddy Waters, man. I just uh, immediately I gravitated to him as a kid. Uh, I mean, a young kid, man. And I used to just sit in the room trying to play that stuff all day, and you know. Uh, Muddy Waters, I would say, a buddy guy. Uh, buddy guy was friends with my family before I was born. Oh, man. Uh, his first wife and my mom were best friends. He used to babysit my sister. No buddy, And hang out with yeah, buddy guy. And, and uh, you know, uh, people like that, Junior Wells. I remember seeing Buddy and Junior together, man. It was like, it was like a he was going to church or something. <laughs> it was like, whoa. It was uh, people like that. I got to know Junior too. And um, Junior taught me a lot about the music, man, and, and how to deliver it and, and um, being yourself within the music. You know, sure. not, not like, like what I was talking about earlier, trying to force something or whatever. You got to be yourself. And he used to tell me, if you can't feel it, you can't make the people feel it. You know, and that was huge. And I'm gonna tell you a quick story about Junior, man. Uh, we 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 did this tour. I was playing with my dad. We was a part of the Alligator Anniversary Tour back in 1993. And this is when I met Jelly Bean, man. We we <laughs> came up to Minneapolis, and uh, and uh, Bean came to the show, and we had like a week off. And Bean was down here in Chicago at the Kingston Mines because Albert Collins was there. And uh, I heard that Albert Collins was down at the Kingston Mines. I was across the street at a place called. Uh, Blues on Halston. It's a, it's a street called Halston here in Chicago on the north side. On one, one side of the street is called Blues. It's a nightclub called Blues. And across the street is called the Kingston Mines. So I'm down at Blues, man. They said, I have a college down at the Kingston Mines listening to A.C. Reed. I flew down there. And as soon as I walk in the room, I see Jelly Bean, man. And Bean was like, Ronnie, I just saw you up in Minnesota, man, at the State Fair with B.B. King. Now, the tour was B.B. King, Buddy Guy, Eric Johnson, my dad, Coco Taylor, and Junior Wells. And wow. I was, wow. yeah, this was the best tour of my life, man. The best tour of my life I've ever been on, man. I've been on some great tours. That one, ooh, Lord have mercy. Uh, 
So I was the guitar player behind my dad, Coco Taylor, and Junior Wells. So we were riding on the same bus with Junior, man. And Junior never, uh, he never got into bunks or nothing. He just sit up all night, man. And, you know, in the mornings, you couldn't get two words out of Junior. But in the, in the, in the evening, after he had a shot of Tangare, he, <laughs> he feeling good. Now we having fun. Right, so right. one day, we traveling to a gig, man. And I started doing some Howlin' Wolf. I started doing some John Lee Hooker. And everybody, I'm, I had to have been 20-something years old. I'm young, you know. Everybody on the bus laughing, Coco laughing. And my dad like, yeah, that boy doing it. You know, everybody was having fun with it. I'm laughing like, yeah, you know, because I wanted to feel, you know, fit in, you know. Junior was quiet, like, he didn't say nothing. Looking around. So later that night, he everybody went to sleep. He pulled me to the side. He said, come here, sit down. We riding down the highway. He said, man, I heard you doing that John Lee Hooker and that, that Howlin' Wolf, and you did a really good job with it, but don't play with it. They were serious. It wasn't no joke. They dedicated their lives to that. It ain't no joke, so don't. I said, I quit doing it? He said, no, I'll do it. But when you do it, don't do it for a laugh. Do it for for real. You know, uh, spirit through them or uh, uh, dedication to them. And it changed my life, Ken. Man. Changed my life, man, because I was having fun with, you know, mm -hmm. imitating people. And, and when I did that, he, when he did that to me and told me that, man, it just made me think about him totally different, man. And I still do it today. And I think about Junior. I thank Junior for correcting me, man. And uh, we, we on that tour, man. I mean, we hit every city. We did about 50-something dates across the country, man. And we did Minneapolis. And Bean came to the show. And I didn't meet Bean at the show, but when we, he, I met him at the Kingston Mines, man. And uh, we connected. And we had like a week off. And we were coming up there to play the Mint up there. Uh, oh, yeah. The Mint, yeah. We were coming up there to play the Mint. And Bean uh, called him. He came down, man. He sat in with us, man. And we became like that, man. Like, yeah. Like he's, tight, man. He's that guy, man. He's just yeah, like that personality. He's, he, he, he helped me tremendously in the early part of my career, man. And... Um, I, I love that brother. Uh, I never forget what he done for me, man. And um, I had I had a a big time producer pull out on me. I was doing I had Gold Digger everything scheduled to do Gold Digger, and the, the producer pulled out on me. And I just called Bean the Vent. You know, like man, this dude just pulled out on me, man. He, he not even answering my call. We two, two weeks away, a week away, man. And he said, "Babe, bro, get me a ticket. Get me a ticket to Memphis." I'll do it. I was, I was shocked. I was like, really? He said, yeah. I said, cool, man. And it gave me another confidence in songwriting because this big time producer, I was, I probably being that young, probably tried to, to do what he liked instead of doing what I like. Right. And he kind of fixed it. That's what Bean did. He allowed me to do what I want to do. And he kind of like, yeah, I think you need to just straighten this up or go this way with it. And it just gave me a whole nother level of confidence uh, in songwriting. And uh, I'm just honored to uh, call him my brother, man. Yeah, man. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now, that, I mean, we had him on the show a few weeks back, and he was kind of giving us his history about yeah. you know, where he came from, how he came from, and, and where he ended up, man. And just his love of blues was, was amazing. But what a lot of people don't get, and I can tell everybody this, the guy's a legend here, in, in especially in, in Minneapolis, man. I mean, the mm -hmm. time, 
you know, doing the work with Janet Jackson and the family. Just the fam, the fam. That record alone changed my life, man. Yeah, that was my favorite Prince offshoot by far, man. Yeah. Like that was that was that record. I mean, St. Paul is another guy that is like he's he's my he's my big bro, man. Yeah, I, I love him. The thing about Bean, his stature and everything else, as, as like out here, he's a legend. This guy supports live music more than anybody I've ever seen in my life. He is out every night supporting everybody in multiple venues, man. Yeah. yeah. Just just because it's not like it's not a status thing to him. And it's not like he's yeah. genuinely into the music, into preserving and helping the scene as best as he can. Amen. Yeah. That's an amazing thing, man. And it's like Witness I wish people would take a look at that. A guy that doesn't have to do this, he does, he does it because he I, loves I witnessed it. that many nights, man, uh, with with Jelly Bean. Uh, I had the honor to have him come out on the road with me, do some tours with me, man, and he would be loaded up the bus. I'm like, Bean, you don't have to do that. No, big brother, you doing it? I said, Bean, go on, get in the bus. No, man, and, and we had an incident down in Nashville, man. We was oh. playing this club. And it was right right next door to this country club uh-huh. on Prentice Road, uh, uh, Bourbon Street, Bourbon Street in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We playing. I had Bean, man. Them people was freaking out. <laughs> That's Jelly Bean. <laughs> so we do the gig, man. You know, everybody's feeling good. It was a good gig, man. We loading up the bus. And I run in to change my shirt. And some guy, some white guy came and grabbed the mirror on the bus and just pushed it and like tried to break it and I had this the I had gold digger on the top of the of the bus you know that was the name of the bus gold digger the name of the, my song right right and he said gold inward oh hell no and one no I'm not, I'm not lying to you man I'm not lying to you being ask jelly bean so being them low they were in and out so what they didn't see it they were inside the club and I was in in the bus with the driver my driver jumped out, man, and he was ready to fight. And I was like, no, 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 I'm trying to break it up. And those guys were ready to fight because they thought it was just me and him. When they saw Jelly Bean come out there, so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It was like, oh, we sorry, we sorry. And then police came, man, and they backed up, man. Bean was helping loading the bus. He would be up on stage, man. He 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 was just. I was so honored to have him out there on the road with me, man. When when the bus broke down, he would be riding in the uh, in the U-Haul with me, man. And uh, he just brought it every night. And he does that up there. He does that down here in Chicago. Man. We go hang out all over, man. See some of everybody, man. I mean, even the hole in the walls. Uh huh. Uh huh. We yeah. go hang. And he, I got a, uh, a place over here called Odyssey East, man. We go hang out down there. He loves it, man, because it's, it's, it's uh, you know, more R&B-ish blues, you know, soul blues, whatever. He loves it, man. But that that's my brother, man. Um, like I said, I owe him a lot, man. I, I'm so happy he finally got his record done. Right, right. You know, get experience, man, because we, we've been, me and Pop and, and Chan's been talking about it. Man, you need to do your own record, man. I, even Terry and Jimmy was telling him to do his own record. Nah, nah. I said, man, you can do it, man. All the people who know you can do it. Yeah. He finally, he finally done it, man. I'm so proud to yeah, be a man. part of it. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm playing on it, and uh, Bing's the truth, man. He's, he's a, a real deal brother, man. He, he loves the music. He loves blues. 
rock, everything. And he, he, you know, you go to his house, you know, kid, he got what, a hundred and some guitars? Yeah, we're probably just, and that's like, we're probably like light on that, man. We're like, he says a hundred and some. <laughs> And, you know, you know, he has another couple hundred stashed somewhere, that guy. <laughs> and and people know him, like, for, especially on the blues side. They they know him now, but when he, when he first came on the road with me, uh, they knew him from the drummer. They used to get him and Jesse Johnson confused. Right, man, right? Yeah. And that's the other yeah. thing, man. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's starting to play guitar a little bit, you know, with uh, with the time, and they're getting Morris up to, to go and, and hit, you know? Yeah. And there's, and there's yeah, a bean yeah. with, the, with the guitar, and it's just like, dude, <laughs> there you go. And people are freaking because they didn't know that Morris could hit, and they didn't know that Bean could play guitar. And he's yeah. a bad boy, man. He that is, guy, he is. that guy's all emotion, and that's what I love about Jelly Bean, man. That guy and, and, plays you know, just he, from there all the time. He he he's got two personalities. That's probably why he called you Evil Twig because he got <laughs> he got the attitude the way he played the drums. Mm -hmm. It's a different jelly bean, and when he yes. plays it's a different jelly bean, when he, yes. you know, it's, it's, it's weird. And then he plays the drums left-handed and plays the guitar right-handed. Yep, yep. <laughs> and here's the funny thing. Guess who does the same thing? You? I do. Yep. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not a great drummer, man. I'm not a great drummer, but when I hit... I hit left-handed, man, so it's it, that's a trip, man. Let's get into another tune. We'll talk a little bit more, and then we'll call it an evening, man. Okay, man. Speaking of Jelly Bean, I, I, uh, I wrote this song for him, man, that's on his new record, Get Experience. All right, man. And we did it funky on his record, you know. Of course. With uh, the great Tracy Blake, uh, Chance Howard, and Michael Bland. Shout out to them up there. There. My brother Sonny Thompson, all of them up there. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, man. You're, yeah. You're making me want to get like, get super <laughs> stupid funky, man. Everybody, this is Ronnie Baker Brooks. Check it out. Yeah. We did, we did it funky. And shout out to Tom Tom Washington, put the horns on it. Tom Tom Washington, put the horns on this. But uh, I'm gonna strip it down for you, Ken. This one is called "Put Some Jelly on It." Goes like this. <laughs> Thank you. 
song. So we're getting to this point of the show. It's almost uh, go home time. Okay. But um, I'll tell you what, um, we've been doing this on the show lately. Got two new questions that we always throw out to everybody. Okay. And the questions are this. And obviously, you've been on the road considerably. Okay. What are your favorite places to eat at on the road, man? Like, Ooh. what's your, what, like, favorite restaurants, like, wherever? I like Chipotle. <laughs> you're, you're a Chipotle guy? I like Chipotle, <laughs> man. Uh, Wow, you know, when I was younger, man, I loved McDonald's. <laughs> <And then> I <laughs> got older, 
I can't eat that that much no more. <laughs> right, right. When I was in my dad's band, I was just rodeoing back then. I had been like 14, something like that. Man, I could see a McDonald's two miles down the highway, man. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. Like, it is one. And 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 my dad's drummer, uh, he, he he bought me two Big Macs. He couldn't believe I could eat two Big Macs back then. And I ate them. He could not believe that, man. I was much younger, but I, I like uh, Chipotle. I try to eat a little more healthier now, man, you know. Um, but Chipotle is, you know, probably what I like the best, I guess. Are there any, like, roadside haunts that you like to, to visit whenever you're, you know, somewhere? Like, for example, like, I, you know, if I'm in Austin, I got to go to Chewy's, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Places like that or, like, you know. I, I really don't, to be honest, Ken. I just That's go awesome. wherever it's good, man. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate to uh, be across the world, and uh, I had some great food over in Spain, man. And uh, Oh, yeah. I got introduced to paella. Seafood paella, man, it, it was delicious, man. We, they, they picked the food right off the ocean. I love that. At, right off the ocean and cooked it for you, man. I'm like, whoa. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, I, I try to, I, I'm trying to eat better now. I'm older. You know what I mean? I can't do like I used to, of course. Okay. And um, I got my wife who, I, that's my favorite cooking food, brother. My wife, man, is a spoil me, man. I, it's like <laughs> <laughs> she cooks so great. Right, it's hard right. to put anything above that. <laughs> oh, man. No, I feel you. And the other thing that we ask, man, if people want to know Ronnie Baker Brooks, right, mm -hmm. what are the top three, like, essential, You you if you want to know Ronnie Baker Brooks, you listen to these three records. Not your own. Oh, but not, like, own. not your own. <laughs> but, like, like, you know, these are, this is essential listening. You know, this is this is who you are. You know, this is this is Ronnie Baker Brook. I listen to this, this, and this. This is what it is. The Healer by John Lee Hooker. Man, yes. With Carlos Santana. That's a great one, man. Yes. Band of Gypsies, who knows? Jimi Hendrix. And then Ken. Oh, <laughs> Got so many, man. Freddie King, that Burglar album is killer. That's my go-to album. It's a uh, 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 Albert Collins Ice Picking. I uh, love that album. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you a couple more. Don't don't get mad. That's fine. No, no. <laughs> Bring it. It's it's BB King live in Africa. Wow. Okay. It's a video of him. He was over there to uh, be the entertainment for the Ali fight. Okay. And. Uh, Man, I don't know what it was about BB this night. He was on fire, like extra, extra fire to me. Uh -huh. He did Sweet 16 in there, man. And man, it was so intense, man. It, it, that's my goal. I used to play that song before I played my live shows because he, he started off so sweet, you know. He started off real nice and sweet. Just escalates to this, man, to this this powerful dynamic at ending, man. And Ali had to get up and just was screaming and hollering. He was playing in front of like <laughs> probably fifty thousand Africans, man. Right. I guess he felt like I, I meant to ask him before he passed away. What was you thinking about when you played that night? God, man. He felt at home, the motherland. 
He playing the blues to black people, and they responding. Oh, wow, man. He had the Crusaders playing behind him. Oh, yeah. And, and that is one of my favorites of all time, that video. I got it on my phone, bro. <laughs> man, I'm going to go check that out once we're done. Yeah. But bro, can you do one more for us, and then we'll sure. call it an evening? All right, man. Everybody, this is Ronnie Baker Brooks. I'm so happy to have him on here. Wow. 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 <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we talked about yeah. Ty, man. And uh, we talked yeah. about, I did that with a jelly bean. I'm going to do one I, I wrote with Ty. You probably talked about uh, earlier. Uh, All True Man. You got it, man. Ronnie Baker Brooks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. 
Chile. Ronnie Baker Brooks, everybody. Man. Yeah, boy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Dude, thank you so much for hanging with me, man. I appreciate it. And Thank uh, you for having me, Ken. And thanks for all you with this music, man. Keeping it going, brother. We're all soldiers in this, man. Indeed, man. It's it's been tough uh, not being out playing, but you know this is this is nice, man. It's always good to chat with you. It's always good to to hear you play, man. And uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that we all uh, can come back together real real soon. You know, hopefully this will all be over and uh, we get to make some more noise, man. That's right. Indeed, I love this guy. Where can people find you, man? RonnieBakerBrooks.com. My my, my uh, website is being reconstructed right now. Excuse me, uh, every Friday, 8 p.m. Central Time, Facebook Live, I play for free, just like this, acoustic. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. So right you now, gotta... it, man, until uh, we get back out there on the road, uh, this is what I'm going to be doing, you know. Indeed, man. Indeed. Brother, thank you so very, very much. Ah, well, there you have it. I want to send a big old thank you to our guest this week, Mr. Ronnie Baker Brooks. Man, he is such an interesting guy and just insightful and, of course, ridiculously talented. Ah, man, I had a blast hanging with him. I'm looking forward to uh, getting past this whole COVID thing and getting a chance to hang with him for real again, share the stage with him again. Man, he is really one of the best. So, by all means, catch his live streams on Friday evenings. You won't be disappointed there. And, of course, go find him online on his socials and uh, give him a follow and a like, won't you? Well, that's about it, everybody. I hope uh, y'all are, are staying safe and being well. And uh, be good to each other. Take care of one another. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye.